Howdy, folks. Welcome to Tiger Kickoff, the podcast. This is episode eight. This is the Columbia, Missourians, Missouri football podcast. And uh, this week we're going with a little bit of a country music theme since we are headed to Nashville as Mizzou will take on Vanderbilt on Saturday. I am Liam Quinn, and the other two gentlemen uh, with me are Bennett Durando and Nick Kelly. And this weekend, we are going to be three Nashville Cats. Uh, gentlemen, uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing, you know. I'm uh, sort of excited to have a game to cover elsewhere aside from Furrow Field. Mm. So we'll see how things play out on the road. Missouri's 0-1. When they're not in Columbia, so <laughs> yeah, and and it was against a team that everyone thought they would beat. So that's true. Same same template as Vanderbilt coming up. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to head back to Nashville. Got to be there last spring when Drew Locke was drafted in the second round. Of course, we thought he was going to go in the first round, but he went in the second round. And very cool city, and I'm excited to head back. So before we get into all this football talk. Uh, why why don't each one of us uh, present a country music fact as we are we will be spending the weekend in the home of country music? Bennett, why don't you lead us off? A factoid, you might say. A factoid, yes. Well, I I think it's pretty evident that none of us are exactly country music guys. Maybe Nick is an exception, but what? I'm, no. from, I'm from Minnesota. Okay, like, never mind. Um, people want to think they're in the country music of Minnesota, but it's it's Minnesota is kind of like the south of the north. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense if you don't think about it. All right, well, let's hear. Sorry, let's he- Bennett, go ahead. Yeah, that was a gem, Liam. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was while covering the Missouri football team last season. I'm, I uh, I went to Tuscaloosa for the for the Mizzou Alabama game, and and so I was present for the historic. Uh, second unveiling of Dixieland Delight at uh, Bryant Denny Stadium. So, so that was a it was pretty cool. I I don't really love the song, but that it's a pretty terrible song. But that atmosphere and and seeing everyone sing it and seeing Alabama's attempt to turn up the volume on on the backing track so that it said "Beat Auburn" instead of the alternative, while all of the students yelled the more profane alternative that was pretty funny and it, it, it was a cool experience i was i was a fan of that and that's my my country music appreciation moment of my life nick uh, why don't you give us a country music factoid so when i was in nashville last spring one of the more weird deadline experiences i've ever had happened to me and it was fantastic and even though it was weird so on the second day when drew was drafted Tim McGraw had a concert on the draft stage, and, and the draft was in Broadway, or it was on Broadway, so it was, it was this long, you know, on this long street, all these fans, and all these, these NFL fans decked out in their all kinds of face paint, just, I mean, just all kinds of costumes, their jerseys, were here at this, basically, a Tim McGraw concert, and right after I filed my story, I got to go and be basically toward the front, almost to the front row of a Tim McGraw concert, but I was wearing a suit, and a suit and tie, because... It was a more formal event before, and so I felt really out of place as I was singing to Tim McGraw songs in a blue suit. You were singing along. Well, Did I, you give I us knew a little if, taste. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think I know for, you're into some Johnny Cash <laughs> songs, Nick. I I am, but did not hear Johnny. Uh, no, I mean there's some classics that I didn't know that I knew because I'm not really a country music guy, but I just had heard before, and so I. 
Well, of course, you're from the south of the north. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I, you saw Tim McGraw. I actually saw him once throw out the first pitch at a, at a Mets game. It was during the World Series. That's not my country music fact, though. Mine is that uh, this past summer, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, the opposite side of the state, so not quite near Nashville. But uh, a great college town, by the way. I I I do like Knoxville. I think it and it's, Columbia are my favorites in the SEC. Anyway, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> um, but so I decided to make the trek up. It's about like I guess forty minutes away from Knoxville to Dollywood, which is the amusement park that was built by Dolly Parton. I believe she built all the roller coasters by hand. That might not be completely true, but. Uh, Dolly, you might want to check that fact. I, uh, maybe, maybe I, I I read that somewhere, but uh, yeah, Dolly Parton, country music <laughs> legend. Um, she sings the great song "Islands in the Stream." Love that song. But uh, yeah, I went to Dollywood. And that's my country music fact. Clearly, we're all we all have a lot of expertise about this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as they say, uh, yeehaw. Well, I am from the south of the north. So. Yes, <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> Um, so, now that we've got all the country music out of the way, why don't we, uh, move on to some football? Of course. Uh, so, it's been a, it's been a good stretch of, stretch of games for, uh, the Mizzou football team. They are now alone in first place in the SEC East. Bennett, how did they get there? I'm still not entirely sure, and w- what's funny about this is, last Saturday, as... I was still sitting at home before leaving for Faroe Field for the Missouri game because it was a night game. I'm watching Georgia-South Carolina, and I'm thinking, all right, Georgia's going to figure it out in the fourth quarter or something. They're going to get a couple of touchdowns and win this game. They were down seven, um, and it stayed the way it was. And Georgia finally went on that touchdown drive, and, and it was as I was watching that game creep toward overtime that I realized wait a second, if Georgia somehow loses this game and then Missouri wins and Florida loses the very losable game at LSU that night, then Missouri jumps into first place. Um, Obviously, going into the week, MU, Georgia, and Florida were the three undefeated teams in the SEC East. And so that, that, I mean, that South Carolina-Georgia game was wild. Yeah, Both teams just had their chances to win it. It seemed like who wanted to lose more, one of those kinds of games, South Carolina- the pass interference, or I guess it was a defensive hold on a fourth down that allowed Georgia to tie it. They went for that 57-yard field goal instead of going for a fourth and three that probably would have given them a better chance. Mm-hmm. Georgia has the penalty at the end of regulation. The interception was a drop pass, so it wasn't like a great play in, in the first overtime. South Carolina misses a field goal. <laughs> South Carolina has to settle for a field goal, and then Georgia misses a field goal. Every single moment of that of those final few minutes was was a a miscue rather than than a heroic play and at the end of the day it's the upset of the season and Missouri yep. jumps into first place at the end of the night snatching defeat from the jaws of victory is what they would call that yes indeed um but yeah a lot of a lot of things fell uh in Missouri's favor uh, on Saturday and you know there's still a long way to go they they've only played uh, two SEC games which means they got four more um, but you gotta be, uh, happy with the way they've, they've, they've started the season. If you're a fan of this team and, you know, they still have to play Georgia. They, they still have to play Florida, but, uh, 
Yeah, um, and and the key is to win one of those games. Right. If you if you can beat, you know, there's no shame in losing at Georgia, even though they just lost. They're still a, a very good football team, and um, you know, I just think that if if they can beat Florida and finish ten and two, which looks very possible, um, you know, we we still don't know what's going to happen with the sanctions, but you know. At the very least, they could. You have a chance to be first place they could in, be first in the, in the SEC. So, you know they'll have to w- walk the line, if you will. Yeah, um, and the key is still that Georgia would have to lose a second game, assuming that Georgia beats Missouri, because that puts both at one conference loss. But what we were looking at before last week, because we didn't even consider the possibility of South Carolina winning that game, Georgia still has to play at Auburn. They play Florida in Jacksonville, which is technically a neutral site, but it's an hour or so from Gainesville and four or five hours from from uh, Athens, Georgia. So that's that's sort of a pseudo home game for Florida. And then Georgia plays at home against Texas A&M, which maybe that may not be quite as interesting a game as we would have thought at the beginning of the season. But still, those are three formidable opponents. And then along with Missouri, the more that the Tigers get into the mix these next couple weeks if they win the games that they should. I mean, that's four tough games for Georgia. They could. It's not unrealistic to no, consider yeah, that they could it, lose a second game. It certainly could happen. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. But, you know, that's... And, you know, it's it's also possible that Mizzou beats Georgia, but that's, that's us getting a little ahead of ourselves. Why don't we uh, talk a little about this week's opponent, Vanderbilt. Exactly, because it's also possible, no matter what you might say, that Missouri loses to Vanderbilt. And I, and I know that that the team is certainly thinking that way, that they mm-hmm. shouldn't look beyond this right. week. But I, I, I wouldn't call it a trap game, but I just you just don't look overlook anybody. You're playing on the road. You've lost your only road game. It's homecoming a, for Vanderbilt. In a yeah. game that really was a trap game, the Wyoming right. one, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, but... Look at the reality. Vanderbilt is not a good team. They have really struggled. They're one in five. Their one win is against Northern Illinois. They just lost to UNLV. It's it's been it's not been smooth sailing for the Commodores. Um, What's the biggest issue with them? I mean, their de- their total defense is one of the worst in the it, country. It right? is one of the worst, and their offense is also really bad. But I think their defense is really. I mean. They've they've got their troubles on offense. They they are the coach uh, Derek Mason reopened the quarterback competition, so we're not even sure who's going to start as of recording this podcast. Uh, that sounds familiar, but, doesn't it? <laughs> in this swirling SEC East of of weird right. quarterback but situations. In, in, the problem for Vanderbilt is it sounds like they don't have a ton of confidence in either one of them, uh, and it's not the result of an injury. It's just a result of of a poor start to the season. They do have a good running back, um, Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, Barry Odom called him one of the best running backs in the country. He ran for over 12, 1,200 yards last season. He's on pace to do that again. So that could be tough for Missouri, but, I mean, they've done really well against defending opposing running backs um, this season. So if that's all Vanderbilt's got on offense, I mean, and their defense is, is porous – I can't. I just. It's very hard for me to see a scenario where Missouri doesn't win by at least two scores. It's interesting though because you. It is true. Missouri has defended the run very well, but not quite as well 
as the Tigers have defended the pass. That's that is true. Yes, that's where they're what's still number four in the country in terms of uh, pass defense. They're only allowing around five yards per passing attempt, not even completion, but but attempt. And so, when you consider that, the idea that Vanderbilt is going to give the ball to Vaughn as much as possible seems like it would be beneficial to the Commodores as far as the matchup goes. And and I sort of said that with Ole Miss last week, too. They were also in limbo with their quarterback situation. They had three viable running backs, and both quarterbacks were capable of running the ball, too. And so I mean, we figured that they were going to go in there and, and keep things low. They took some deep shots, though, early on in that game, and, and I think that sort of threw me off at least a little bit. But but ultimately, Missouri sort of just handled the run well. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you've got a team against which Missouri should be a decent matchup for Vanderbilt. Well, I, I sort of liken uh, Missouri's chances against the run to their, their performance against South Carolina. South Carolina had, they actually played a few different uh, really impressive and talented running backs, and they just did absolutely nothing. Um, so it's just one guy for Vanderbilt, and you know, I, I just got to think it's going to be really tough for for Vanderbilt to get much moving against uh, Missouri's defense. But uh, Nick, what do you what do you want to see from Mizzou this week? It's it's sort of it's they've played five straight home games. It's an unusual schedule quirk that they haven't had in over a hundred years. Um, so you know, I'm sure it'll be a bit of an adjustment getting back on the road. But this is sort of a good place to start, I guess, against a not so great. Vanderbilt team. So what what would you like to see from them this week? I think it's just getting out of this game with a win just because it seems like it will be so easy. Like it will be just clean, get in, get out. And that's to me would almost be worse than an actually competitive matchup where you have to mentally get up for that game and where you really have to be prepared and really mind your P's and Q's. Whereas a game like this, these Missouri football players, they're human. They know that Vanderbilt's not near as good as they are, and that can sometimes lead to a trap game, and that can that can get you in trouble. So for Missouri's sake, just because of the circumstances, and yes, they should be Vanderbilt badly, I think at this point it's just can they get out of this game healthy and can they get out of this game with some kind of win? Mm-hmm. We talked about defending against the run. I think how Missouri runs the ball will also be fascinating to watch this week. Barry Odom always is pretty adamant about stressing that this is a team that's not going to run the ball well with only two backs. He loves having three options. Mm. And we saw Dawson Downing start to emerge last week vanilla against Gorilla. Ole Miss. The Vanilla Gorilla, as his teammates have dubbed him uh, over time. He had the 54-yard touchdown, his first career score. And and he seems to sort of have emerged over Simi Bukhari as, as that third-string running back behind Roundtree and Beatty. Mm-hmm. And if this gets to be a game where it's Missouri trying to run out the clock and just trying to get a win, if it goes to the fourth quarter and it still is within reach against sort of a bad SEC team, not a cupcake, but as close as you can be with a conference opponent, does Dawson Downing get the chance to go out there and get some important snaps again? He was the choice in a 10-point game in the fourth quarter, too, when Missouri had the ball at the one-yard line. So they've, they've... shown that they trust him. I'm fascinated to see what the former yeah. walk-on does. And he's the perfect back 
late in a game, if you are in a close game or if you are trying to maintain your lead, because he not only runs well, but he punishes guys when he runs into them. He runs through them. He's not afraid to get into the mix, and he almost always falls forward. He's one of those running backs that finds a way to fall forward, which is an important thing when you know you're in short yard situations. And so, because of his strength, his the goal power, of football is to go forward. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes though, when you see offensive coordinators, you're like, are they really trying to go forward? <laughs> but Dawson Downey is a great complement to what they have in Roundtree, and especially Beatty, because Beatty's more of a finesse guy. He's more of a receiver. And so Downing can really wear down a defense. And when you have a guy running like he does and picking up big yardage late in games, these chunk yardage, that not, nothing's more demoralizing to a defense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's the sort of game where Missouri will want to rely on that, and it's the game where you need a third back, as Odom likes to reiterate as much as he can. So certainly going to be fascinating. I think that's one of the more interesting points. Uh, we'll see how if Kelly Bryant can stay as good as he's been. Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm actually curious to see. So we know we know that Kelly Bryant. He mentioned it himself that he wasn't quite a hundred percent against Ole Miss. Ninety, um, I believe. Was yeah, the ninety exact was number. the number he gave. Um, and we didn't see him run pretty much at all, aside from scrambling uh, against Ole Miss. And we'll see how he's feeling this week. Vanderbilt should give him a chance where, one, he can pad his stats, uh-huh. make him make himself look good, but also just test out what he's able to do. Um, I'm curious to see if they'll drop more runs for him or if he, maybe he's not still feeling up to that. Um, I'm not sure. Will he be playing in the brace again this week? He didn't mention it on Tuesday. It's funny that you mentioned that. It's something to watch for, for sure. It didn't seem to bother him against yeah. Ole Miss, though. He he, I mean, from the get-go with warm-ups, and he said afterward they, that it felt fine, the leg. Um, he looked pretty loose from the beginning, and, and I'd, I'm pretty sure he's past that. The brace just seems more precautionary than anything else at this point. Okay, gentlemen, so let's, let's get down to business. How about we hear some predictions? Nick, why don't you start us off? Well, I think even though this could be potentially bad for Missouri, I feel like they got that bad game out of their system in Wyoming. They're going to learn from that, how to proceed. And they also had all these kind of crazy things happen to them in Wyoming. Of course, you had to deal with the altitude, but also they lost power in their hotel, right? And and there was also some other kind of logistical issue they had. So that was kind of a wild scenario. I think that they figured things out here, even though it could be a trap game, it could be an issue. I think Missouri ends up winning this game. Let's go 38-7. to I think Missouri cracks 40 this time, um, but I, I think they might bend and break just a little bit early on on defense and, and settle in. I think that's sort of been a trend with them. Maybe that first possession they don't do quite so well, although they were put in a pretty unfortunate position by Jonathan Johnson's muff punt last week. But I think Vanderbilt can get an early score. I think Missouri should be smooth sailing after that. My final score that I've got right now is 42-14, Missouri. Yeah, I think if, if Vanderbilt moves the ball, it'll be early. and th- Part of the reason that could be because Keyshawn Vaughn gets off to a good start and it takes Missouri a little while to adjust. Or uh, Vanderbilt starts uh, uh, Deuce Wallace, a quarterback. Uh, he hasn't been the starter to this point, but th- th- we don't know yet. Uh, but maybe he can make something happen with his feet. But I, I just don't. I don't see Mizzou struggling too much. I'm going to go with 49-10. Missouri wins. Deuce Wallace will be cut loose like a deuce. 
like as a, Bruce Springsteen oh, would brother. say, a runner in oh, the brother. late afternoon. I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot. Bruce that is not country. I forgot it's country music week. I'm sorry. Well, I here's, I do want to hear this, Nick. If you lose our game today, I want to hear you sing Johnny Cash on the podcast rather than me taking my 30 seconds as usual. Nick, you can make a counter proposition if you win. Dang, well, I haven't thought this one through. I'm a little hoarse today. You, s- I heard you before the show. I'm gonna, I'm Johnny gonna Cash kind of sang like he was hoarse. Yeah, though, I, I feel you like. did a good impression. I want the world to hear this. <laughs> I was impressed, well, genuinely. Thank you. Uh, did you did you hurt yourself today? I know, I know that's not technically <laughs> his song, but but he, he sings it. Yeah. All right, if I lose, I will sing something of Johnny Cash. Oh, fantastic! Okay. Well, uh, well. Well, that that changes things, but with that rough transition, let's begin our game. Uh, it, it is an important one. Nick is three and two on the season, and I'm two and three. We've both yeah. had an off week. I, so I, I decided to get back in the host chair uh, this week after wiping the floor with Bennett. I went a perfect <laughs> five for five. Um, it was embarrassing. I'm, I'm sure you all remember at home, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Vanderbilt player or MU professor? Let's start off with Peter Block. Or Mitchell Pryor. Nick, why don't you go first? Peter Blocker, Mitchell Pryor. I'm going to say that Mitchell Pryor is the player. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Peter Block sounds like Block a, sounds like a professor like name. A professor, I'm go I think that. I'm saying Block right. It's B L O C H. Um, I, I don't think it would be blotch. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys both say Mitchell Pryor's the player and Peter Block is the professor. Uh, you're both correct, both one for one. Uh, Mitchell Pryor is a running back and Peter Block uh, teaches philosophy. So good start, guys. It's one to one in this high-stakes edition of opponent or professor. Uh, so next up is Sean McMore versus Andrew Darr. I think Andrew Darr is the player, and Sean McMore is the professor. Okay. I actually, ah, I'm thinking about this. This is a tricky one. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, you've done well. Can I switch it? If if Nick hasn't guessed yet, am I allowed to switch? Sure. Yeah. I, as soon as I said it, it felt wrong. Okay. So, so I'm going to go with McMore as the. McMore is the player. Darr is the professor. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay, Nick. I'm going to say that Andrew Darr is the player, Sean is the professor. Man, this is going to be rough if I'm wrong. Well, Bennett, uh, you went against your gut, it seemed like. And you were correct. Sean McMoore <laughs> is an offensive lineman, and Andrew Darr teaches visual studies, which means Bennett now leads 2-1. to one. The sight became clear to me after, as, as I was saying it. He had a premonition. I think it threw Nick off a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah. I can tell. Nick's a little shook right now. Um, Or tired, one of the two. But moving on, uh, Drew Birchmeyer or Tyler Jimenez? Drew Birchmeyer or Tyler Jimenez? Nick? I'm going to say that Drew is the player and Tyler, right, Mm -hmm. is the professor. Bennett? Drew Birchmeyer... Or Tyler Jimenez. Birchmeyer is like a football player and professor name at the same time. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like he's the player, though. Birchmeyer. Birchmeyer's a football player. 
Uh, you guys are both correct. Drew Birchmeyer. Oh, I thought you said differently. Oh, never mind, never mind. I, I, I'm... You said Birchmeyer's the player. You yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> For some reason, I thought I was going... You're, you're both contrary. correct. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. <laughs> uh, Drew Birchmeyer's defensive lineman, Tyler Jimenez, is, a, is in psychological studies, which means Bennett leads 3-2. to two. Nick stays within striking distance. Man. So now uh, here is... Number four, Chad John or Cam Johnson. <laughs> Chad John? Yes. Now, is it my turn or your turn? Uh, it's been his turn to go first. first. Chad, Chad John, John or Cam Johnson? I think that Cam Johnson is the player and Chad John is the professor. Okay. I'm going to say the same thing, actually. Uh, well, you guys are both correct again. Um Chad John is in accountancy, uh, and Cam Johnson is a wide receiver. So that means uh, Bennett still leads by one, but it's four to three now. I think this is just worth point nine points, right? So no, it, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll have this one be worth uh, one one point one point. Let's do no one. Ties. I think we should have a tiebreaker if necessary. I don't have a tiebreaker prepared, so oh it's going to be worth 1.1. 1. 1. And since Nick is trailing, Bennett will go first again. Okay. Um, so Jack Draper or Jack Bowen? So I have to get this then. This decides the game. Well. Because he he's automatically going to go different from what I say. In theory, yes. Am I? Jack Bowen or Jack Draper? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. This is brutal. Um, this is a this was a tough game. I I was thinking about that when I made it, but you guys have done well. I think it should be a tie and go to overtime if necessary. Um, but, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. All right, but because you you can find another player quickly enough. My initial thought is that Draper is the professor and Bowen is the player. Bowen is the player, you say, and Draper's the professor. Is that what you said? I'm. I'm. Oh, yes or no? Man. Is that what you said? It's what I initially said. And now I'm thinking right, about it it's again. It's locked it. I'm. I'm gonna switch it again. Okay. So you say Draper. Is... We need. A, we need a shot clock here. This is. This is ridiculous. You know what? If it's it's before Nick says anything, then I All think right, it's so fair game. Right. So you say Draper's the player. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to read Liam's face right here. I'm sure. not giving hints. <laughs> Draper's the player. Okay, sure. I'll say that Draper's the professor and Bowen's the player. Well, Nick is right because Bennett uh, switched his answer. Draper is the professor uh, and Bowen is the player, which means... We go another one? I think we got no, that, go another one. That's a tie. That's a, that's I, a tie? I feel guilty All right, taking uh, that. I am thinking of a number between one and ten. <laughs> <laughs> one. Nick? Eight. Nick's closer. It's seven. He wins. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, 30 seconds. Sing if you want to. Do we really want me to break out some Johnny Cash? I would like that. Would you like that, Bennett? Cash money. All right, well, just because this man defeated you. All right, enough talk. We just want to hear you sing. (laughs) Well, Benny, you should know that there's a man going around taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There will be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. 
Wow. That was brilliant. Amazing. <laughs> the best post-victory 30 seconds we've had to date. Um, that's all the time we have. Uh, Nick, once again, is our winner of our, our, our lovely game. Um, enjoy the game this weekend. Mizzou and Vanderbilt. Um, winner. <laughs> okay, Bennett, relax. Um, but yeah, um, anything you want to plug, you can follow these guys on Twitter at at underscore Nick Kelly, right? You got it. Uh, at Bennett Durando and me at Liam underscore D underscore Quinn. Um, yeah, once again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you back here next week.